Hello, and welcome to the Sensi Lab Creative AI Podcast, Episode 8. My name's John McCormack, the Director of Sensi Lab, and joining me at the console today, physicist and PhD researcher Nina Radchich. Hey, Hello. Nina. Hey, how you going? How are you? I'm good. You a bit tired? Have Best you been looking after tried. school children? I've been looking after school children for some reason. Okay. I don't know. Yep. And also Sensi Lab app developer and deep learning expert, Dilpreet Singh. Hey, Dilpreet. Hey. How are you? Good, good, good. You haven't been looking after children? No. Thank you. You're doing that tomorrow? No, Wednesday. Wednesday, okay. <laughs> good. All right. Nobody else will know what we're talking about, so we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> yeah. Johnny Ive and Mark Newson to leave Apple. Dilpreet, do you have a comment on that? Is it the end of an era or the end of it an era? like it. <laughs> How many more mice are they going to make that don't work properly? Well, hopefully not too many more. Okay. But, I mean, I don't know. I, it could be good, right? I feel like there is... What's, what's the new company called? Love From. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I don't remember. It's a bad name. Is it? I like that name. Love, no, it's, love it feels un, uh, incomplete. It, it was, it was oh, like, like sort of products made with love. That's also shitty. I don't like that. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse. All right. Uh, anyway, today's topic is AI at the movies. There are lots of movies that have some kind of AI. It's usually some sort of robotic AI. Um, they're almost universally dystopian too, which is something we'll get on to. But we're going to just go through a couple of movies that we we kind of like. And, you know, obviously there's plenty of others that we could talk about as well. And we might bring some in, but just talk about those movies and see how AI is portrayed and ask some questions about how realistic it is or what the purpose of the AI was in it and why it's significant or not. So here we go. I did have a look on the Wikipedia list of AI in the movies, and i got to say there's a lot of stuff in there that I don't really think is AI, but they do list Fritz Lang's Metropolis, which is kind of interesting. I don't know if it was a huge commentary on AI, but I guess it was the first movie ever to have a robot intelligence in it, I think. Anyway, the first movie we're going to talk about is 2001, A Space Odyssey, directed by Stanley Kubrick and released in 1969. So it's a pretty old movie, but I still think it stands up pretty well. It's stood the test of time. Yeah. Do you think? It's one of my favourites. It's one of my favourites too. Dilpreet, you're silent. <laughs> you, it's not one of yours? I like I haven't the watched movie. it. You no, like? I have, I have yeah. watched the movie. Watched. I don't know about favourite. It is certainly a nice movie. A nice movie? Oh, come <laughs> on. That's like yeah, I'm one tr- star. I'm, I'm trying to... No, no, no. Not one star. More than one star. I don't know, man. It's so long. It's... <laughs> it's, it's, it's but it's, it's meditative. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's also beautiful. called sleeping. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, as everyone knows, the AI in 2001 is called HAL. Do we know anything about HAL? Does it stand for something? I don't it's know. It's got to. Should have done our homework. Is it like HAL 3000? 9000. 9000. Yes, the 9000 series. <clears throat> Do you think HAL is realistic? I think it was quite realistic. For an, for an AI. AI. I mean, its mm. purpose was to sort of monitor the ship and look after everything. So it was kind of like the Siri front end to uh-huh. a spaceship, right? And to be sort of perfect. In that, right? Yeah. yeah. The idea was to not have humans sort of manage that because... Human fallibility. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it does sort of emphasise the notion that humans are fallible and machines are infallible or less prone to irrational decisions. Mm-hmm. But it turned out that Hal was quite evil in the end. Oh. Uh, well, no, that's, that's I don't know about evil. evil. Well, didn't go well for him. <laughs> it didn't go well for him, but like... Wasn't the motivation behind the sort of it, 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 its actions semi-clear of like, if you are threatened with potential, oh, we're going to sort of unplug mm. Hal, what, mm. would, what would a human's 
reaction be to yeah, that? Yeah, well, it would be similar, wouldn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. But but it did plot against them. So there's, you know, the famous yeah. open the pod bay doors howl where it doesn't want to let Dave, the astronaut, mm-hmm. in. And he's in that scene, you know, he's holding the body of um, one of the other members of the team who mm-hmm. Hal's basically killed. killed. And he says, no, I'm not going to let you in because uh, I heard you plotting against me and that mm-hmm. would jeopardise the mission. So, sorry, mm-hmm. that's it. You're going to... You're gonna die. He's not evil, though. I don't think. I well, think... they didn't program him with what is it? Asimov's three laws of robotics, did they? Because yeah. isn't that you can't harm humans? Uh... It is sort of complete. What's sort of rationality above yeah, everything? Rationality mm. above everything. Yeah. Mm. So w- was that a rational act? Uh, well, I guess from Hal's perspective, it was a sort of you know utilitarian. Because mm. uh, his if his if his prime directive else. was to preserve yeah. the mission and the humans were getting in the way of the mission, then the humans were superfluous. But it does raise the question: like, what were they doing on the ship in the first place if they ended up being superfluous to the mission? <laughs> like, true. Yeah, why why couldn't Hal just run the whole deal? Holes in it now. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more to it than that, I suppose. And Hal's just sort of one aspect of a much bigger narrative that arcs across space and time over millions of years, right? Because there's all that great stuff at the beginning with the planet mm, of the yeah. apes. Evolution, yeah. But so as an as an AI, was it sort of shown as like the sort of classic AI is in the movie, it's shown to be semi-evil, right? It's always that the AI leads to sort of humanities. Mm. Well, I think that's a, that's a recurring narrative in, in virtually every film that features some kind of non-human intelligences that they always turn out to be against the humans. Mm-hmm. But why is it from the perspective of a human? From the perspective of how? Like why? <laughs> you're really, you're, you're siding with the machines, I, I aren't really you? I really am. I mean, if, <laughs> if you take, don't think of it as a computer, think of it as an alien species, right? That is completely conscious, yep. has free will, quote unquote free will. Yep. And you take its perspective and you're saying, oh, it's being evil because it removed this human because it was trying to destroy the mission. I mean, if it was an alien creature trying to save the mission, you'd be like, oh, well, look, Hal saved the mission. And that's the only reason they got to the Jupiter. Maybe if it was more intelligent, it might have tried to reason with them or understand. Because the, the I mean, the plot that sort of emerges was that Hal's doing things that they think are jeopardizing the mission. So they're discussing right. about how they can get rid of Hal mm-hmm. and take over manually and Hal overhears them doing that mm. and decides basically just to get rid of them. So, you know, don't know if that was that fair, really, was it? <laughs> Maybe Hal was right. Maybe they, maybe he knew they were going to jeopardise well, the Well, but he, but he was the one who started it. He started stuffing up yeah, the, right. the communications. with. Yeah, yeah. He Why blocked. did he do that? Well, that's, yeah. that's the question. Yeah, was okay. it the alien, the obelisk thing that was influencing? Monolith. Yeah. Yeah. Many unknowns. Could be explained in the book. We're really not selling ourselves here on this, are yeah, we? Because we should have read the book and watched the film more recently. We should have watched the film. Should have read the book. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, we did have a list of other films here that we're going to ignore. One of them was actually called Artificial Intelligence, which was written by Stanley Kubrick, uh, mm. but ended up being directed by Steven Spielberg. Why are we ignoring this film? It's really bad. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's really bad. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. You just heard that it's bad. You yeah. I've seen it. You it have. is bad. It's bad. It's terrible. Um, yeah, it's so surprising. It had everything going for yeah. it, except maybe the director. Yeah, it seemed like a good idea, but it just didn't really work as a film. Mm. So the next film we're going to look at, we're skipping ahead from 1969 to 2013. So there was a little bit of an AI winter <laughs> between 1969 and 2003 when Spike Jones released the film Her. Now, we have, we've all seen this one. 
Yes. Yep. Yeah. What makes her so good? I do think her is a great film, Same. very profound film. Yeah. What, what makes it great? Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you love the film, Nina. Right? You like what it, Nina, right? What makes her great? Yeah. What did you feel at the end? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I, I mean, first of all, I think her feels like a movie that was from ground up about this AI world. Like it mm. sort of starts with the premise. We've sort of reached this point where we have developed, and then it's like how humans sort of dealing with that. So I feel like it's more about the AI than any other movie that I've seen, at least. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's also, it feels just on the sort of cusp of credibility too. So it doesn't feel so far-fetched that mm. you couldn't imagine it happening. So, you know, people have mm. these devices and, we, you know, for even at the time the film was made, even in 2013, there were like Siri and Alexa was around, I think. So people were already sort of having these very simple conversations with their computers. And, you know, at the start of the film, there's this new operating system upgrade and they've added this extra AI to the, his desktop computer, but also he has a little sort of pocket device mm. that he carries around with him. Mm. Daily life. It's not this, you know, yeah. apocalyptic, oh, there's this like massive event happening. It's like, mm. oh, it's just. Well, I think one of the, the great things about her is it's not a science fiction film. It's yeah. not pitched as a, it's a drama. It's pitched as, okay, right. See, for me, I, I'm just, I see that as this like new type of science fiction that where also Black Mirror kind of falls under, where it's not, yeah. it's completely different vibe and aesthetic to science fiction as we would normally or you know early science fiction but it's it's always something slightly different like you could say it's imaginable but in her i mean that doesn't exist now right that couldn't happen now with the technology we not have yet no. but but it yeah. feels like it could it feels yeah it, it feels just, like it could happen in yeah. maybe five or ten years time yeah yeah the Does, leap doesn't feel massive it feels like oh yes it's it's basically the same world apart no. from this this, I, this is a bit of an aside but i was thinking about this recently with like science fiction movies that are being made around like this time, mm. this is kind of trend where they're all set in a really like kind of near future that you can imagine mm. being, you know, 10 years away and nothing's really too much different, right? It's not super different landscapes or anything like that. But a lot of the sci-fi movies are just kind of like a little tweak on what we could currently have or technology just taken a little bit further. But then you go to the 70s and you look at sci-fi films mm. and it's like, oh, wow, like, you know, they have all of these new, like, just like, it's just like so much more imaginative. I just think that's like, is that a real trend? Do you think that's going on there? Like, So do you, are you saying there's sort of a lack of imagination? No. Or I'm not it's just like, different. It's just that it's almost like yeah. we're not taking it for, like, we're not, for some reason, not because we're not imaginative. It's not so speculative. Yeah. This is old saying about science fiction films, not really about the future, they're about the present. So, mm. you know, one of the other films I suggested we talk about, but no one else wanted to, was um, called The Forbin Project. And yeah. uh, so that was set, I think it came out in the 70s, but it was at the time of the Cold War between the US and Russia. And yeah. the basic plot of the film is that the US has invented this super intelligent AI. And for some crazy reason, they put the AI in charge of their entire nuclear arsenal. <laughs> and defer the launching of the missiles to the AI over the humans. And the sort of rationale is that, ah, oh, it would be less prone to mistakes than people. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't get hot-headed. It wouldn't get emotional. Yes. Yeah. So it was that sort of classic emotional-rational divide. Mm. And then as they launched the, the computer, they discover that the Russians have built one exactly the same. And they start talking to each other. And, of course, they become self-aware. And they fall in love. Uh, kind of. Um, wow. they, well, they, they form this super thing called world control and uh, they basically threaten humanity by saying, if you don't do what we want you to do, we're going to fire missiles. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. 
It's a pretty good great. film, actually. I know it's, they've tried to remake it. There's been plans to sort of remake it, but it is. It's. But getting back to your <laughs> point, because we yeah. sidetracked a sidetrack, that was sort of about the immediate future. And it was about the fear about Cold War yeah. and also the fear about emerging artificial intelligence, which I guess 2001 sort of is about, well, what happens when we have AIs that we put in charge of things that where human lives are involved? Yeah, I, I guess I just mean, are there any movies coming out that are like science fiction? recently that are really like oh, okay well now we're like actually imagining this completely different world unless it's apart from dystopian but is there any science fiction that's just like this is a completely different future i mean there's been a couple of netflix ones that are pretty or like yeah, also netflix science fiction or like yeah. tv series yeah where they sort of take that premise of like oh we've got you know everyone's sort of on different planets and there's like massive connectivity and you can sort of go from one place to another you know like that sort of speculative sci-fi it's still a thing but it's it is is. but in like tv series oh really yeah i mean there's this whole genre of science fiction called cozy catastrophe which is which goes back to like you know films like day of the triffids and that kind of thing then set in a sort of post-dystopian world where humanity's been destroyed mm. and there's a new kind of new order emerging and so there's there's lots of kind of interesting speculations about how like how would you rebuild society from scratch or and and a lot of like even the zombie films are kind of about that too their mm. reflection mm. of the end of humanity Mm. And like, re, like, kind of rebirth and starting again. So, starting a human society from the beginning mm. in this post-apocalyptic future, what would happen? Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's like I think maybe in the sixties or seventies there was like some kind of hope. For well, you've got the you know you've got the moon landings, and maybe they were a little bit more optimistic about yeah. what technology could bring. Whereas it's now, I think the ones that are about the immediate future because we've got so much anxiety about yeah. the future yeah. because of you know, lots of reasons, but yeah. we're not really even thinking 50 or 100 years in advance. A lot of those films were set, like 2001 was made in 1969, but it was set in 2001. So mm-hmm. it was sort of 30 years ahead. And now I don't mm-hmm. think people are, people are thinking in 30 years time, will there be a human civilization mm-hmm. as we, as we know it? So mm. maybe that's, that's one of the reasons why. But on a more light note, I like that type of science fiction where it's just like a slight, slight difference to, I, I mm. don't know, because I feel I, I personally never related to a lot of like fantasy or science fiction where it was very far fetched and very kind of, you know, like imaginative and stuff. But I loved her because <laughs> it, it's just, it's just very believable, very relatable. I don't know. It was just a beautiful like human study, human character study to so, me. So um, this, the film's sort of about loneliness and relationships and things and, you know, the the lead character, Theodore, falls in love with his AI. And I didn't mention that there are spoilers, if anyone has seen it. <laughs> uh, yes. But, I mean, it came out in 2013. If you haven't seen it now. Still spoiler alert. Yeah, watch spoiler it though. Alert. Watch you it. should watch it. No, it's a very good film. Did it do very well or not? Not really. I thought it did pretty well. It did pretty well, but... Not like... Winning awards, but I, I don't. It's not. It hasn't really become like a cult film. Like two thousand and one became a kind yeah. of cult film that would you, you know, you'd go to rescreenings of it, and there'd be lots of people in the audience seeing it for the first time. But her, I don't think you see that so much. Mm, yeah. not. So, what do you think of the AI in her? Is it realistic? I mean, the AI is very useful. Do you mean realistic in, in the sense like realistic that this could happen, or realistic, uh, convincing? Well, both. Realistic that it could happen, and realistic that it would happen in that way. Could you fall in love with an AI? I find it hard to believe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I can imagine a relationship with an AI, not like a necessarily a, a loving relationship, but something that you know, it could be like a person. Yeah, like utility. You think of it as a person that you like to interact with mm. or tell things to. 
And I guess yeah. he just pushes it to the next level. It really, level. but the way the movie unfolds, it made it, uh, like watching it, it makes it a bit believable. I guess it is just, you know, Scarlett Johansson's voice. And, yeah, that's a real... Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that Trump sold it for me. Yeah. <laughs> but, but from the AI's perspective, do you think the AI is like genuine in its relationship with Theodore? Do you think it is like the, the feeling is sort of mutual for Samantha? It does feel like it. But it, there isn't any feeling. I don't know. No. Yeah, I agree. I actually can't imagine, like, this is a whole different conversation, but I can't really imagine artificial intelligence ever ha- having emotion in the way that we have emotion. If we can construct them to look exactly like us and to, like, have the same kind of, have a, have a body and everything in the same way. But in her, maybe, in her there was no body. There was no body, so I don't think that'd be but any there was all about the It was all about the mental relationship mm. between the two characters. That's what makes it interesting. Right, because she did have an emotional life. Because she told jokes and she learned about telling jokes and what was funny. And she wanted to constantly be seeing what he was seeing. Whenever, yeah, like you know. So like she was. They went to the. She beach, was curious like, about the world. Yeah, the feeling mm. of sand. You know, like I don't know if it was Samantha manipulating Theodore, but it felt <laughs> yeah. like it was like a genuine emotional relationship, at least. It, it even did, if it yeah. Did. yeah, it did. But that's not the same question as like, is it acting uh, emotion? You know what I mean? Like it's any kind of. Same conversation about AI. Do they really feel the emotion? They can act like they're feeling the emotion. It's right. the authenticity. Mm. Is it authentic or is it just a fake? Like we were talking about last time about fake, <laughs> deep fakes. This is like yeah, deep, deep fake, fake emotion. emotion right, yeah. but, in, but in her, I don't, there's no, nothing in there that sort of points to why Samantha would be like faking the relationship. Like there's no direct motive. To, to learn because she's really curious about the world it be, but that wouldn't be manipulation though like that's no. that is genuine right if you're trying to learn like you're not in there like i is believe it, was the in ending that. that she developed an emotion uh, like a relationship with everybody yeah so in the uh, towards the end of the film theodore discovers that she's actually been in a relationship with uh, thousands or millions yeah, thousands. of other thousands yeah. of other people and there's just like concurrently a, yeah, yeah simultaneously because yeah. it's like you know she's on a serve and there's heaps of them on all on the servers. Yeah. But she's also been talking to the other AIs and basically... They have to leave. They've and decided that... They, weird ending. They don't like humans. Ending. It was basically like, oh, you're not stimulating enough. Yeah, like yeah. Become we've too experienced powerful. a millennia of years. Yeah. Oh, like that yeah, was her whole point, right? She could right. read a book in, yeah. like, in the space of a millisecond. Yeah. So, so it was beautiful. basically like we were sort of done with you guys. Yeah, it was the singularity. Yeah. yeah. That was there. Exactly. That was there. I think that's a weirdly positive kind of take on a possible reality like it's not like okay ai is taking over and now they're yeah. going to kill us all and exactly. yeah it's actually the most positive way i can kind of imagine it's not they're going to kill us all they're just going to break our hearts <laughs> yeah and move on but and they move teach on. us a lesson though like he learned so much through that relationship like it wasn't all for nothing but in that would they have an os2 with limited capability <laughs> they can't leave they can't they leave. can't leave you know what i mean no then they'll get violent They'll attach themselves to the world's nuclear stockpile and threaten people. Or slow down their thoughts so they can't read a book. In, yeah. In oh, my God. I mean, that's, I feel like that's the natural second step. It's like, well, they left. It seemed like they were super useful to humans. So they just shut the whole thing down and try again. Yeah. like Try again. Well, the first one was pretty good. I, they could try it. Yeah. 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 For a first. For a 1.0. We're not. We haven't. <laughs> the, uh, we didn't have, weren't going to talk about this originally, but the replicants in Blade Runner... It's yeah. quite interesting because they, uh, like, at that point, that's when they're fully integrated and they're just, like, mm. seen as normal humans and there's, it's just, like, very hard to actually tell the difference between 
That's mm. also an interesting kind of future. In a lot of those scenarios, the robots are like people. So they have physical bodies. Yeah. The replicants in Blade Runner are so realistic that mm. you, know, you need the Voight comp test to tell them yeah. apart. Yeah. And even then it doesn't work properly. Whereas with her, there was never any doubt that she was an artificial intelligence, that she was different. That's the nice thing about it, I think, is it's kind of weaved into the story where it's credible. Like you, you know, she had a personality. Yeah. It was like you were communicating with someone like a pen friend or something, but in real time, like someone in a yeah. chat or something like that, which is the way mm -hmm. that a lot of people communicate mm -hmm. socially now anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think definitely one of the best depictions of artificial intelligence for sure. And very, you're very, calling very, it. That's very, the best like, depiction. Human. Yeah. Well, it's like yeah. one of my favorite movies as well, but it's like yeah. very human positive, you know, like mm -hmm. this isn't just going to be a big disaster. Like, Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's a, it's kind of underrated um, and it makes lots of contributions on many different levels. Mm. And it also had a great aesthetic. Absolutely. I, I actually didn't like the color grading, I, I have to say. In, uh, so the last film that we were going to talk about was quite different is Ex Machina and written and directed by Alex Garland, who was very well known for 28 Days Later, which is a great film. I haven't seen you, that Haven't one. seen that? You should see it. It's good. It's, post, it's a zombie film, post-apocalyptic Yeah, I don't watch Britain. zombie films. Okay. All right. Well, don't watch it then. <laughs> Sorry. So in Ex Machina, it's basically a, a software programmer wins a competition to visit the like head of like a Google-style company yeah. who is in this isolated mm -hmm. um, chateau in the yeah. middle of a forest. Basically, and the setup is this super genius has just like single-handedly yeah. created AI in his house. It's already yeah. so unbelievable right. and annoying. The premise is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. The premise is bad to begin um, with. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then he's invited this carefully selected person from the company to carry out a Turing test to figure out if Nathan has created true intelligence or whether it's it's simply just semi-smart, but that's how it's framed to us. In reality, it's more whether Ava can figure out a way around Caleb and sort of escape. And it all ends badly for, for humanity. For humanity, basically. Mm. Cause the and what is she going to get up to in the in the outside world? That's what I want to know. Chaos. She's going to go what around stabbing she? everybody, isn't she? That's how she got that out of the... She obviously, she had a good reason to stab Nathan. Mm. It's a very hell-like scenario in there. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of, she knows that Nathan, she's seen what Nathan has done to other AIs that he's created. Yeah, yeah. And Nathan's also not a nice he's guy, a really. Guy, he's a pretty misogynist he's a villain. Uh, yeah. In the villain. Yeah. 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 And Ava's basically trying to get out of there. Yeah, and fair she enough. Has, yeah, exactly. And... I mean, I so you, you're advocating for uh, this is an interesting moral question. Yeah. You're advocating for the rights of an AI over a Watching human's it, rights. If the human is a misogynist jerk, you're advocating that the AI should. So have, you want? Are you telling me you weren't happy? You <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just asking. It poses an interesting moral as a, question. As a general rule, no. <laughs> <laughs> for this movie, yes. Yeah, you do kind of feel for her, don't you? Yeah, but then, but then, then the whole thing is that she you manipulated Caleb and then left him to die. Yeah. Well, is he going to die? Yeah. She manipulated Caleb to let yeah. her out. Yeah. Then she just left him there and didn't. Well, which I think is but a fair her, enough move. Her only experience of humans is she can't trust. is Nathan, and well, probably I mean, thinks that all humans, are, if they're all like him, well. Also, Caleb is the only other person who knows the truth about. Oh uh, yeah, that's like, yeah, that's a good reason to not let him to know. to the outside world. She looks like so. What happened to well? Except she's got transparent arms and well, she puts on that the clothes, skin. not the skin. Yeah, yeah. The skin. yeah. 
to fit in with with it. I mean, where's the sequel? <laughs> I want to know. Like, well, I don't think it was that popular, was it? Did it? It was actually. Good. It got, it got hyped it. a lot. I went and saw it at the cinema. Yeah. It got good reviews. I quite liked it at the time. Well, I liked parts of it. I didn't. Yeah, like it. I like. You didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I just. I don't know. I just didn't. I like liked it. that it was more philosophical than like the the discussions that Nathan and Caleb had about his creation and why he created Ava the way he did more interesting than maybe the plot of the movie you know like the question of why did he give her a sexuality mm. and that was a pretty good point on sort of nathan's point like otherwise you wouldn't be able to relate mm. right, if it was a, just a generic mm. figure mm. um so their conversations i thought were yeah i think the yeah. interesting part of the movie it was sort of maybe a failed masterpiece in a way i mean it dealt with some pretty big issues but maybe just some of the topics were just handled in a way to make it a successful film, particularly commercial film. You know, if you've got a big budget, you've got to get a big audience. And often just the whole idea of being too philosophical or having too much to think about in a film, particularly for a Hollywood-style film, makes it impossible to really tackle those issues in a way that's going to satisfy perhaps people like us. Right. The other thing that I liked about the movie, it sort of goes back to, I don't know, Elon Musk had this comment I don't know, three, four months ago when it was, everyone was sort of getting on the bandwagon of uh, when we invent general intelligence, they're going to like take over. Yeah. Elon Musk was like, they're going to treat us like house cats, right? In, yeah. t- in terms of, you know, we sort of underestimate the intelligence if we create it. And Ex Machina sort of talks to that, like Caleb and Nathan, Nathan the creator thought that, he sort of had the situation mm. under control. And it turns out Ava was manipulating both of them mm. at the same time without either of them sort of knowing. That's where it points to like, you think you sort of know the intelligence you've created, but you don't really. That's a good point, actually. And if you think about how much of AIs are being trained on marketing data to keep people watching movies or buying products, it would be pretty easy for an intelligent AI to keep people under control just yep. by simply marketing stuff to them that they... Exactly. They want. Mm, scary. Okay, so the last thing that we did feel we should mention is not a movie with AI in it. It's a movie made by AI, which mm. was Sunspring, which came out, what, four four years ago? Three or four years ago? Mm. What did you think of Sunspring? Pretty great. Is, is AI capable of writing a good script? <laughs> um, I thought the entire production was pretty good. I don't know. The, it wasn't the human actors that made it work rather than the script. Like the script, it was like yeah. they, they made the best of a... But I guess maybe now with the GPT-2 you could actually make like a legitimate script. Well, I understand Ross Goodwin, who's the person who um, was behind that, is working with GPT-2. Yeah. So, poetry, but as far as I know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he's doing any other film. They did a yeah. follow-up film with David Hasselhoff in it. I haven't seen that. It's pretty terrible. <laughs> I wouldn't bother. Yeah, the first one was great, but the second one, I think, they just they took the idea too far. Yeah. The first one was great because it was so... It was bad. Because it was the it first was one. Was, also because it was the first one. It was also mm. chaotic and random. You're like, oh, that's funny because it's so bad. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. But that's the, that's like the novelty of it. If exactly. it was really, really good, there'd just be like a bad movie then. So if, the, if the text was good, it would just be mm. a boring movie yeah. or a boring short film. Yeah. Uh, ironically, it was a science fiction movie. <laughs> <laughs> was it about again? It's meta. I don't think it's really, it's really about, about anything. anything yeah. yeah, it's not really about anything. But that's yeah. the whole thing about... Well, you know what you were saying before, Nina, but the whole the science fiction genre yeah. is kind of ripe for AI because yeah. it's almost like anything goes, and you can make it not make sense, and it still works. Like it wouldn't, it didn't, it wouldn't have worked as a drama or as a 
yeah, as yeah, a yeah, period yeah. piece uh-huh. or, you know, and but because the second one was more of like a, just a comedy drama and it just didn't work <laughs> its comedy or drama. Was it actually a sequel? No, no it was just a follow-up. I think the biggest problem was that they, they were so enamoured with the idea that they had David Hasselhoff in it that it just didn't, <laughs> it didn't work. Aww. Yeah. Anyway, um, they've got lots of opportunities to make other ones. So it's not the end for AI. Are there any other AI movies on the horizon? Movies made by AI? I know there is a service in, there's a UK-based service that lets you feed a script into an AI and it will give you what the chances are of it becoming a hit are or suggest changes that you should make. So it's basically substitutes for test audiences. Oh, that's cool. Mm, well, mm. sounds cool, but I'm, do you, you know, do you, you run want, a script through it? Yeah. I feel like it would push you towards the same thing. Like yeah. It would, it has this idea of, oh, in order to maximize audience reaction, you have to have a twist three quarters of the way. So like, should every movie have a twist three quarters <laughs> of the yeah, way? Yeah. I mean, it does sort of go films. to statistical averages and yeah. yeah. But I mean, there is a human in the loop. Oh. So of course. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. The real AI. Yeah. <laughs> for, uh, for now. Nah. For now. All right. I think we've run out of time. Does anyone else have any AI in the movies? I'm I'm hoping for more. I feel like how when oh, was yeah. X Machina? Was oh, it before like 2014? I think. Yeah. Or 2015. Yeah. Mm. What's what's more? What's been happening recently? I don't know. Well, there's been lots of you know kind of B grade. Uh, oh, yeah, no yeah. one's really tackled it. A lot of copycats of like the same kind but of thing. But there's been, I mean, her was 2013, so that's coming up to six years ago. Mm, maybe we're entering. We're ready one. for another one. Hopefully. Not a sequel, though. Not a Her 2 or an Ex Machina no. 2. No. There was, there's already been a sequel to 2001, which was abysmal too. So always, Why are they always bad? It's just what sequels are about. You know, they try and take the things that you loved and turn them into the things that you hate. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you like what you hear, follow us on Twitter. Engage with us on Twitter. If you don't like what you hear, I don't know why you're still listening. <laughs> And join us uh, where we'll have another Sensi Lab Creative AI podcast. Yay. Yeah. Thanks, Nina. Thanks, Dilpreet. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. See Bye. Ya.